The Kellen Mond experiment was under the microscope in yesterday's first Viking game of the 2022 season. We're breaking it all down, along with our biggest risers and fallers, coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with superior sports talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. Care 11's very own Reggie Wilson with me, so life is good. Monday, Reg, we got plenty to discuss after a wild weekend in Minnesota sports. Yeah, some of it we like, some of it we didn't like, but let's get into it. <laughs> yes, sir. Remember, follow along on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and on Twitter, give us a follow at Locked On M-I-N. And remember... We're a podcast, too, free and available on all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, take us everywhere on the go so you never miss any of the action. All right, to football we go, 23 days until week one of the NFL season kicks off, and the Vikes got their first taste of live game action traveling out west and taking on the Raiders. First game of the KOC era starts with an L, but it's preseason. Not too worried about it. So let's jump to the A topic fans are talking about today, and that's the backup quarterback battle. Kirk Cousins out with COVID. So it was Sean Mannion starting the game out first, but it was a pretty even split in refs between him and Kellen Mond by day's end. In the end, though, it was Mond who lit up the box score. 130 passer rating, hooked up with Albert Wilson twice, two passing touchdowns. More importantly, no turnovers, finished the day 9 of 14 with 119 yards. All right, so Reggie. Mond and Mannion could not be in more polar opposite spots in their career. Mannion, the prototypical clipboard backup, nice for Cousins to walk back to the sidelines, talk to someone that knows what he's seeing on the field, understands the NFL defenses and what they're trying to do. But he's capped out physically, and his peak has come and gone years ago. Mond, on the other hand, showcased exactly what we expected. You've got this young developmental quarterback with some nice traits to work with, but for every nice splash play and rep, there's two or three reps that made you say, man, he's still a ways away yet. But clearly one guy has a far higher ceiling and potential. So knowing that, is what you saw yesterday enough to say he should be the number two quarterback moving forward behind Kirk Cousins when we finally get to week one of the regular season? Give me your assessment on what you saw yesterday and what the game plan should be moving forward with these two battling backups. So I think after the performance, you have to be encouraged by what you saw from Kellen Mond. So <laughs> there was that, that one play where he scrambled all around he broke some tackles, you know, evaded the pressure, and then threw it out of the back of the end zone when there was a guy wide open on that that you know back um, back end zone line, and you're just like, oh man, what's going on? And you know, a couple times where he had some guys open and he airmailed it, and it's funny because Mannion yesterday he had a guy open in the corner of the end zone and he airmailed it out of the back and you're just like what's going on here and and KOC it's so funny man because he's a he's like that prototypical head coach he's not going to throw anybody under the bus but his 
body language on the sideline just looked exasperated after a, a couple of those plays because he saw that they left some some opportunities uh, on the field. And so it, it, it's it's interesting. Maybe Mond was just he was he was rushing it a little too much. He was just trying to like hype himself up a little bit too much, but it seems like he settled down and settled in and was able to have a pretty good performance yesterday. Couple touchdown passes to Albert Wilson, couple nice passes um doing that. And I think what was what was cool about it was he just seemed poised. Like he, you know, going into this weekend, I said like, man, just run out there, run around, play some backyard football, have some fun and, and produce and you know, on that one play, <laughs> he kind of took that to to heart and and did that a little too much there. Um, but what was interesting about the whole thing was, I think he pretty much did enough for me to make him QB two. Look, you know what you're gonna get from Sean Mannion, and like you said, he's the guy that holds the clipboard, who you know can see what's going on back there and and understand. You know, when Cousins comes back to the sideline, like, hey, hey, you know, the safety did this or the backer did that. I like what you did th with this or maybe think about doing that next time. Or, you know, he's kind of like that that next coach on the field. So I do think it's valuable to have him. But if you're just holding a roster spot for a guy who's not really going to contribute in a way that you really need him to, I think you go with Kellen Mond because – Man, it, just watching Mannion back there, like the arm is just not there. He's a little gun shy at times. Like he holds the, he's like a statue back there, can of corn back there at times. And so I think Mond gives you a little bit more, you know, if, if Cousins goes out for whatever reason, I think that you get excited about what Mond can bring to the table because at least he can extend plays with his legs or if, if it's not there, first, second read, you know that he's going to take off running and, and, you know, get some positive yardage with his legs. And I think you saw enough yesterday to say, like, okay, I, I think I can get with him being QB2. Yeah, a lot of good points there. I'm glad you brought up that one play. That's what summarized Mon to me and where he's at in his development. Down in the red zone, third down, need a big play. He escapes pressure twice, runs to his left, only to scramble all the way back to his right. Looking like shades of Fran Tarkington there for 12 seconds, and then you're right. Only yeah, that's the what PA said. Yep. <laughs> in the back of the end zone, wide open, Tristan Jackson, hands up in the air. You got to be able to finish those opportunities, but at least he's out there extending plays, making things happen with his yeah. feet. Like you mentioned, Mannion, just a sitting duck back there, no threat of escaping every time he drops back. And obviously that's not going to change at this point in his career. And the only way Mond is actually going to get better at this point is by playing. He needs game yeah. reps. That's how these guys learn and develop. Trial by fire. There's only so much you can get from practice. But for a quarterback specifically, seeing different disguises and looks by defenses at the line of scrimmage, being able to survive on the fly when the play your coach draws up breaks down. That's what Mond needs right now. And yeah, make no mistake, he's going to struggle. He's going to make mistakes. 
But show me a young quarterback who doesn't in the NFL. It's all part of the growing process and going back to the tape and learning from your mistakes with your coaches. So I've seen it up personally. I think Kellamon should be the number two quarterback this Saturday versus San Francisco. And if he's not, I just think it's a, a missed opportunity for him to, again, challenge himself versus a number two defense. Remember, he was getting looks mm -hmm. versus the number two and a majority of time number three defense versus Las Vegas as well. All right. Enough about the backup quarterbacks. Who else stuck out to you yesterday, Reg? Who improved their stock and was a winner in your eyes in game one of the preseason? You know, uh, Harrison Phillips looked great. Like, he looked mm. like the guy that they signed him to be. And it was very small sample size, but I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, really also liked what I saw from Albert Wilson, funny enough. Like, I don't think they signed him to be, like, a major player in that offense, but I think he did a lot to help himself as far as uh, making the team. And then when you look at these running backs, Kane, Ty Chandler, whew, look, they look great. Now, I understand it's probably against, like, the third and fourth team defenses and all that good stuff, but, like, the burst that each one of those guys added, I was really impressed by Ty Chandler especially. But Kane, he just looked like a guy that was different. You know, like he got the ball and he was electric, like he was scooting through that thing. And I was really, you know, really like excited to see what he did. And it's funny because with what he did, there were so many people on Twitter talking about making Alexander Madison expendable for a backup quarterback or a center or something like that because the other two running backs play well enough that maybe a guy like Madison can be dealt. And it's like, okay, let's let's pump the brakes here a little bit. Like, you know, sometimes these preseason performances aren't what they appear or what they seem because they're not playing against the, the level of talent that they would in the regular season. And it's like, look, I do think that Kane can be a difference maker. I do like what Ty Chandler brings to the table, but at the same time, it's just like, well, like Alexander Madison is proven, you know, in, in mop-up duty and in, in backup duty, uh, filling in when Dalvin Cook has has been out in games past, especially last season, a couple hundred yard performances. Like he's a proven commodity at running back. And, you know, behind a guy like Dalvin Cook, who has battled injuries most of his career and not played a full uh, season slate, it's like, well, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Madison being there will be helpful, especially now that you see what you saw from Kellen Mond. You're like, okay, maybe we don't need to, you know, try to deal. And maybe, you know, you can you can see a quarterback that gets let go or, you know, something like that during the preseason. Let that happen, and maybe you give a flyer on a guy like that. But I really liked what I saw from the running backs um, almost more than anybody yesterday, and it was impressive to see. Dalvin Cook's played, what, five seasons? He averages 13 games per season. Ken Nwangu's mm -hmm. coming off a knee injury as well, so they want to lighten that load. At least keep tabs on that. So what happens week 10 after you trade Madison, Cook's out for a couple games, and Ken Nwangu's banged up, and you got Ty Chandler starting, and who's your number two? C.J. Ham at that point? Let's pump the brakes on the Alexander Madison <laughs> trade talk. We're going to talk about more running backs, by the way, in segment three. What does it mean? I had to look up Lewis Seen's Rookie of the Year odds after yesterday's game. 
currently sitting at 30 to 1. Some juicy mm. value to be had. You can check it all out on Bet Online. Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs, stats, news, and info. Bet Online makes betting easy. Go to betonline.net today to learn more. That's betonline.net where the game starts. Yeah, Reggie, I might have to change my computer password here because I got Harrison Phillips, number one. So I'm thinking, hey, mm-hmm. did, did Reggie peek at my notes here? We knew the starters would be out. <laughs> and if they played, they wouldn't get much time. But Harrison Phillips, man, when he was on the field, he looked like a difference maker. The D-line oh, with yeah. and without him, it was just night and day. And it was great to see at least a small sample size of what he's going to be able to bring to this running defense specifically and just make life easier for all the guys around him. More from the front seven. How about DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones? Again, pump the brakes. You know, we're not putting anyone Mm -hmm. in the Hall of Fame yet. They're going against backups too. But hey, they got after the passer and into the backfield quite a bit. It's just nice to see and nice to know when Hunter and Zadarius maybe need a breather. There's two Mm -hmm. young quality backups ready to step in and bring some heat. Remember, Wanham led the team in sacks last year with eight. Finally, I just love watching those rookies get their first taste of action. Lewis Seen. Oh, yeah. He can fly. He can hit. Stack him in the box. Let him get physical. He may not start week one, but he'll certainly get his chances to make plays one way or another because he's just too talented not to be on the field more than not. Booth Jr., that was interesting. He's going to be an experiment for sure. Got all the tools and talent. That's fun. But needs to work on his technique a little bit. Learn how to tone down the physicality. Three penalties for him yesterday. You can see kind of the learning curve he's got in front of him. Coming into the NFL where you just can't get too grabby. And lastly, Brian Asamoah and Ed Engram. Not going to lie. You remember, I was a little disappointed on draft day. I thought they were just both overdrafted just from where they were projected to go based on value and projections, things like that. But let's call a spade a spade, man. These two dudes can play. Asamoah's flying around making plays, had a great tackle for loss down in the red zone. And Ed Engram, I think he should be your week one starter and you just don't look back. He already looks better than Jesse Davis. And I think it's only a matter of time until he's announced the starter. So two huge hits on day two of the draft by Quasi, just from what we saw yesterday in that small sample size. That's just awfully exciting when you think about the long-term window he's starting to build with a lot of young talent on this roster. Day off today, Vikings flying home from the West Coast last night. They resume practice tomorrow. However, that's going to be closed to the public. Then two joint practices with the 49ers in town to wrap up training camp. Then they take on the Niners this Saturday at home in the backyard at U.S. Bank Stadium. Basically over, Reg. Training camp's over. Can you believe it? Poof, just Uh like that. Summer's Uh over. Unpack the coats. Winter's right around the corner, man. I mean, it's... I love football, but it's sad, man. Minnesota summer, it's over. Hey, we want to know from you... Who you thought was the big winner yesterday? Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. 23 days until week one of the NFL season. Rest assured, Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way, every day on Locked On Sports Minnesota, which you can now find streaming on your Roku device. So be sure to look out for Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. Pretty cool. All right. To baseball we go. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I don't want to talk about the Twins, but I think we're legally in our contract. We're obligated to. So (laughs) here we go. You know, Reg, it's just been a roller coaster of emotions all the way back to the preseason. They signed Carlos Correa. Blockbuster Mm -hmm. move. Front office that rarely makes these big splashes. Takes them a week or two to get in the groove, if you remember those first few games. And then, you know, all of a sudden they just explode, crush the first two months of the year, build a double-digit lead in the division. 
And then ever since then, slowly but surely, just one game at a time, just kind of lost their luster, lost a lot of games. They had no business losing. People started to get angry. They got upset. They got frustrated. Then they make a couple of nice moves at the trade deadline, kind of a last-ditch effort to save their season, give us some hope, another opportunity to say things, okay, maybe now things will be different. No more blown leads. Maybe Buxton and company get the bats going again. But after all that, watching them, this weekend, lose two of three versus the Angels. With another game Saturday night, you had no business losing, up three in the eighth. You got Duran and Lopez coming up. I think fans aren't mad anymore. They're just sad, man. They're depressed. They're over it. They're only two and a half games back, but they might as well be 20, the way just based off the mood and vibe around here lately. Quick thoughts and notes on this weekend series, and is it too early for fans to feel the way they do? Is there any signs of coming back from this and expecting anything different after just seeing the same outcome play out, no matter who's in the game? You had to have that series. Like, you had to have it. And... They looked in control. They started with the win on Friday, grabbed some momentum, headed into the weekend, and, you know, had the 3-0 lead on Saturday. And you're like, oh, man, here we go, twins. Look at them. Proud of them. Just rising to the occasion when it matters most. And then it all just came crashing down. And then they jump out to a lead uh, once again yesterday. Didn't work out again. I think if you're a fan, you're just like, wow, like this season is running out. And for the longest time this season, they had the lead in the division and it looked like they were the front runners to win it. But you got a little nervous because you're like, man, Cleveland surging, you know, Chicago surging. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. And I think what is tough about this whole thing is now those two teams are doing what you expected them to do. And the Twins went out and made these trades and, you know, tried to shore up some of the, the holes that they had. And it's still just not working. I think, I think I'm just disappointed. You know, you're like that parent. You're like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad, you know. <laughs> nobody, nobody told I told you not to eat those cookies before dinner. And now look. You got a bellyache. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. And, and it's like that, that, so that like more. cuts. It hurts so yeah, much Yeah, that, that cuts. That cuts so much deeper when your parent says that they're disappointed in you. Because you're just like, no, no, no. Just be mad. Because I know that right. could go away. Like disappointment feels like it just lingers. You, like they just look right. at you like. I let disgust. you down. I, feel I like, failed you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that seems like fan like. If the twins were like walking down the street and fans just saw them, they'd just be like, I can't with you. And you're just like, no, 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 please, like, don't give up on me. Like, I promise I could turn it around. But at this point, you're just like, dude, like, can they? I don't know if they can because when you have to have these games and you're losing them in the fashion that you're losing them, like, that just does not instill confidence. You know, over the weekend, we saw the the Lynx have a chance at the playoffs and they lose on Friday in, in a big way, 96 to 69. It's just like, wow, like in a must-win game, you, you lose like that. And then yesterday, needed to win to, to have a chance to get into the playoffs, you know, since Sylvia files off right and they lose again. And you're just like, wow, like, you got that going on, and then you got the twins as well doing what they're doing, and you're just disappointed. You're just like, wow, like, 
you 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 know as a fan you, you rooted for this team all season long you just hope that you know they will keep the consistency going and now all of a sudden the losses are piling up and now you know like you said only two and a half games back but it it feels like it's the beginning of the end and it's just so unfortunate for how good and how exciting this team has been this season to fall to this point it's tough it's just tough I guess here's my question that I think fans are maybe having a hard time with. Who's to blame? Like one day it's the pitching. The next you just can't score more than a few runs in multiple back-to-back-to-back games. If it's not just one phase of the game due to just lack of talent, does it ultimately just fall on the coaching? Like how hot is Rocco's seat right now? And do you think there's a real case to be made that if things stay on this path, the, the same trajectory that we're on right now, the Twins should be looking for a new manager in 2023? You know, what's funny is the manager, you know, is always to blame because he's leading the Mm -hmm. charge. But Mm -hmm. honestly, he's not hitting for them. He's not pitching for them. Like, they're failing themselves. Like, this is shared blame for everybody. Yeah, sometimes Rocco makes some decisions that you're like, man, I don't know if that worked out the way he was intending for it to. And that's fine, but, like, you can't blame all of what's going on on Rocco. Rocco's just out here playing the hands that that he's dealt. And he's just like, look, he's trusting his guys to come through for him, and they're not coming through in the way that they should. There's shared blame. The pitching could be better. The hitting, no doubt, can be better. Like, we, we came into the season thinking that the hitting would be the strength of this team, and at times they've shown that. But – they just go cold. Like, you know, uh, I think it was yesterday they, you know, was, they come out, jump out on that the, the two-run lead, and then all of a sudden they go cold. I think it was something like one for 14 after that. And you're just like, what what are you, what are you going to do with that? Like, how is it that the bats all of a sudden just forget how to bat? Like, they just forget how to play all of a sudden out of nowhere and you just you just don't understand because it's just like well how do you just lose synergy like that from one moment to the next and that's pretty much what's going on like you don't really understand how things get that confuzzled if that's a word we're gonna go with that that seems like we're rolling with appropriate word uh, for (laughs) what's going on with the twins it's all confuzzled but I think that's what kind of discourages you if you're watching. You're just like, man, like, I don't know what we can believe in. We can't, like, believe too much in the pitching because they'll let you down. You can't believe too much in the hitting because the bats go cold. I don't know who you blame. I, I Like, honestly, it, if you had to scapegoat someone, it would be Rocco. But it's just like, it's not even really his fault. He's just doing the best that he can really hard critic on their timely hitting it seems like you know team average they've been top 10 all year but it's like when it comes down to crunch time they have a hard time that's one thing though it's another thing for you know you look at the box score you see max kepler is 0 for his last Mm. 25 and it's like is that on Rocco like you mentioned like what do you want Rocco to do like you got to let some of these guys just play through some of these slumps but 0 for 25 Mm -hmm. from a guy like Max Kepler it's just not something that anybody ever sees coming so a lot of head scratchers for sure back at home tonight versus the Royals well they'll get their next 14 of 19 in the backyard here at Target Field Joe Ryan set to hit the mound their number one ace so if there's ever a time to get hot We're looking at it right now. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be back tomorrow to break it all down. All right. 
Time has come. Favorite segments here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, the Minnesota Vikings headed into the 2022 season with four viable options at running back. Dalvin Cook, Madison, Kenny Nwangu, and of course, rookie Ty Chandler. Sunday versus the Raiders with Cook out, Madison eight yards on three carries, playing just a few series, while Kenny and Chandler combined for 109 yards on 15 touches, averaging 8.5 yards per touch. What does it mean when it comes to the game plan coaches should take regarding the team's running back stable, which for now... It feels like one of the best positional groups in the NFL, top to bottom. How do you see all this playing out come regular season time here, Reggie? I saw someone on uh, Twitter yesterday, or several people on Twitter yesterday, talking about this is the same old Vikings, weak defense, offense not able to get things going. This year is going to be terrible. It's just like, dang, dude, like you're just watching a preseason game and you're like surmising all of that, like you've given up on them like before it even starts. Like, yeah, what's relax, going on? yeah, you're fun to watch the game with, dude. You, yeah, I really want to come over to your house and watch the game with you for three and a half hours. Relax, dude. Pre-season. It's like, relax. calm it down, calm it down, my guys. Just, I mean, goodness gracious. But you know, I also think that you know we we jump to uh, conclusions really quickly as well with some other things like uh, Kenny Pickett. You know, let that that game-winning touchdown drive, and everybody's just like, "Oh man, oh man, here he is." That's why they drafted him. He's the future, and it's just like, "Yeah, he probably is. He probably will be. He could be." But he also was out there playing against the fourth-team defense. Like, that's pretty much like comparable to the guys that he was playing against in college. So, like, let let's let's kind of let's kind of pump the brakes a little bit there. You know, let's wait until he does that against the first-team defense. And it's the same thing. Like, I really liked what I saw from Kane. I really liked what I saw from Chandler. But if Madison was in there when they were in there, like, he would have been eating as well. You know, he had the eight yards on the three carries, but he started against the the top defense that they put out there in Vegas. So it was just like, okay, like, that that pretty much plays. Like, that that checks out. And so, like – you're excited about what these running backs can do, but like I, I just caution you, like if they don't have as productive as ga- of games against the 49ers, like I don't want like people to be like, oh man, like what happened? They, they look so good in that first game, and then now they, they just aren't, they aren't there. Like I thought they were good. It's just like yeah, like they can be good, they will be solid, but I just want people to pump the brakes just a little bit. Let this thing play out a little bit more. Let them kind of get their feet set under them a little bit. Let them get a little bit more game tape on them. I do think how this season is going to play out is going to be Cook. It's going to be Madison right behind him. They're going to find a way to get uh, Wang Wu in there and get some 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 plays figured out for him because you saw that he's just electric when he touches the football. I saw yesterday they they had Ty Chandler returning kicks. Like, that was a, a viable option for him as well to get him going, to get, like, what he brings to the table uh, on the field. Like, that's exciting as well. Maybe you find ways to, to get him the ball in space as well if he continues to have good camp and, and have good practices. Like, there's a way that you can get him involved as well. But, like, Cook and Madison are the two guys that are probably going to get the lion's share of um, the carries and the looks 
and the touches, but it's great to have guys like Kane and, and Chandler show what they showed so that maybe they can find a way to carve out an opportunity for themselves as well. Yeah, a lot of good points there. Here's the most interesting dynamic of this whole thing for me. It's their best positional group of the whole team, of the whole roster. This running back from mm. top to bottom is their deepest and most talented when you look at all four plus five with C.J. Ham. So first of all, interesting, mm -hmm. are they going to keep five running backs? I think they have to. And secondly, all we talk about in this KOC offense is the passing game. So how much balance will KOC be able to find from, yes, mm -hmm. it's a pass-happy league. This is what I'm good at. I can carve these and draw these plays up. The good designs, use J.J., Thielen, K.J., you name it. Split them out, three, four, five wide. But, man, you're, you're, you're not maximizing the best part of maybe your offense if you're not running the ball consistently as well. And we still know in this day and age, even with pass happy league, you still got to be able to run the football. So I'll be interested to see how this balance looks the first few weeks and then how it looks throughout the rest of the season. Again, Dalvin Cook averages 13 games a season. You know he'll get banged up. You're going to want guys like Alexander Madison in these backups. So let's pump the brakes on all that trade talk. Great to have that depth, <laughs> though, once you get in the middle in the late season and have three capable backups. I think everybody's a little surprised they drafted another running back on day three, Ty Chandler, but you can start to see why. He looks the part. He's got certainly the speed. And again, if anybody were to get banged up, just a great opportunity to have a rookie come in and take some valuable reps from some of these veterans. So definitely something we're, we're going to keep our eye on. All right, that's a wrap today. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikings, plenty more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too, free and available on all platforms. Subscribe drop us a five-star review and take us everywhere on the go that's reggie wilson follow him on twitter at reggie wilson tv and on care 11 i'm luke inman on twitter at luke underscore spinman special thanks to our producer matt DeBritz. tune in tomorrow to superior sports talk part of locked on sports minnesota for reggie i'm luke until tomorrow signing out be blessed spread love today